0: Welcome everybody, Yankee Chronicles Podcast. I'm Bobby. I am here with Evan, Robin, Donald. And before we get started today, just want to ask you to check out statementgames.com. You can find a unique experience, all your fantasy sports. And check out, you know, download the app. They have some uh some fun contests for the uh, Super Bowl this Sunday. And as always, check out DocAdamsBaseball.org. You can learn about the founder of baseball. So the Yankees have had a history of being very aggressive when it comes to free agents and sometimes with trades. Sometimes they've been a little laxed on how how hard they go after a player. So, but there are some players that the fans are dying to get. That the Yankees are lucky that they didn't sign them because they never really pan out once they hit that plateau of being a free agent or if they're being traded um and to give you a better example for me it was always the after 2009 when cliff lee was a free agent um we were all saying we got to sign him we got yeah you know, we he would really fit well in the rotation he opted, he made the decision he did not want to play in new york and his career just never went it, it, he never hit that that peak again um that he had with the Phillies so he dodged a bullet not signing him because that would have been a horrendous sign. it would have turned out he would have made our list of the worst signings that Cashman had made so for you guys um who's that player for you that you you're glad, you glad that player that you really wanted but you're glad never came here Evan do you have one
1: yeah, I have a couple, but one of them that sticks out is, if you remember a bunch of years back, um, the Detroit Tigers waived Justin Verlander, And every Yankee fan wanted him really bad, but because of his $28 million a year, it made no sense. And I know he won a World Series by cheating with the Astros, but if we had had him now, not only would we have missed him last year, we're not getting players like DJ, we're not getting Cole, it would have drastically shifted what we could do for our future of the organization. Because if you remember, like I said, he was getting 28 million a season and still is. And our entire infield outfield and uh, Severino cost about 8 million less than him. So you just don't do that when you have a whole team that only costs about 20 million bucks.
0: Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's the Yankees. They, they have, you know, money growing out of everywhere. So. I think
1: it would have been a bad move for us, to be honest. We we might have won 2017, but there would have been too many issues now. Um, and I know a lot of fans would go, well, we got 17, so it's fine. We got a World Series. But I don't want a World Series. I want a dynasty. I want to go back to the 90s yeah, where we that. kicked everyone's ass and they had to say the Yankees are the greatest team of this generation.
0: No, I, uh, that's really, that is what we all want. That's why everybody keeps saying, you know, the window is wide open. It's really not because once these players hit, you know, get to that point of free agency, Cashman's going to be faced with some difficult decisions, you know, and this fan base is going to, we're going to be hated everywhere.
1: But that's know. why he's that's refusing that. to give up these prospects because he, you know, wants to bridge that gap for when uh, players like Judge, who's going to be 31. He's going to want a massive deal. Well, what if Jason uh, Dominguez is ready? Well, there you go. You replace Judge with the cheaper option.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It sucks that it would be a player with Judge's talents, but, right? you know, Judge has a lot to prove. Yeah. We've been talking about, you know, how Gary's got a lot on it, you know, a, a lot of uh, headway to make as far as, you know, satisfying the fan base and the organization. Judge is all not far behind. He's had a lot of injury problems. You know, I would like to see him. He's got to at least play 120 games this year, you know, to really make an impact on on his future. Uh, Rob, is there anybody that you had in mind that you were glad that they uh, ended up passing on?
2: Well, if I'm going back to recent years, it'd be Bryce Harper. Because I was really wanting to get him. Like, I kept thinking about, like, man, this guy's going to hit. 70 in Yankee Stadium and that's all I would think about was like the home runs but you know it goes back to what Evan just said about you know the future implications because we can clearly see this team's going to be operating on a budget whether they admit it or not they're not going to be spending a certain amount of money unless they have to so if they got Harper we don't have LeMahieu right now Cole would have probably not happened because of the money that uh, Harper's getting paid so we don't know if we would have Cole we don't really know what our rotation looks like at this point we think it's a question mark now imagine what it would be like without Garrett Cole and that could all have been affected just by signing Bryce Harper so um, as much as I want him in the middle of this lineup with Judge and with Stanton I just think it's probably for the best that we don't have him as good of a player as he is it's just again we're the Yankees we should be spending the money but they're going in a different route than we'd like them to sometimes and I would say in recent years, it's got to be Harper. I'm trying to think of someone from back in the day. I just – maybe Pedro when he was a free agent, you know, because he wasn't really as electric as he was with Boston when he left them. He was still solid, but he wasn't like that ace when he went to the Mets. He was So I guess that would be the guy. But um, for for me, it would be Harper.
1: Rob, I got a question for you real quick. Would you have been satisfied if we got Harper and Corbin, or do you think DJ and Cole is a better fit for us?
2: Well, if you're going by the last couple of years, it's clearly DJ and Cole, but I don't think having Harper and Corbin would be a bad thing at all. No, because Corbin's great. No, and I, that's another guy I really wanted. But if you go, if you, you know, you look at hindsight, you can't argue with having Cole. We can't argue with having LeMahieu over Harper. So I think either one of those two would have been, Insane to have on the team, but um, I'm fine with what we have right now.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, to fans, I dare say the payroll would be, you know, four hundred million a year. Yeah, you know, and that's not realistic. You know, <laughs> it it looks good on paper to be a you know a, a powerhouse of a team. But it's not the way the sport works. It's not, you know, the Yankees, even with the Yankees and, you know, the the value that that team has, that's not, real. you know, you you can't function like that.
1: Right. And it it feels almost ridiculous because every time we don't win the World Series, all the fans are like, well, we should just be spending like a quarter of a billion dollars every offseason until we do that doesn't work. It's not realistic. And we can't no. do that anymore. I know George Steinbrenner did that very often, but you know, after a while, when it doesn't work, you need to try a different approach, especially if the approach you're trying is simply wasting money so that you can't fill some of those holes, then it's drastically impacting what you're doing regardless. Yeah.
0: You know, and mean, when, when Steinbrenner was aggressive, it wasn't like he was just giving everybody a blank check. You know, he was still very, you know, he worked with with Gene Michael and they really were very strategic of the contracts they were giving out. And players weren't making the kind of money that they are now. I know that, you know, each generation is a different economic level. You know, the uh, cost of living was different. The average salaries were, you know, a little lower. But we look at you know the 30 million now that, that sounds like a high number for baseball but in 10 years that might be the average you know where or below average the way you know the way the money's coming in you know and baseball's hurting as, as a as a league with their finances you know and their popularity and their promotions that they're not a very well run league so the money is just not there the way that we hoped it would be and we want it to be.
1: Right. And I think they've, I think they've admitted that there's an issue by getting all these new consultants uh, to be next to Rob Manfred, like Griffey, uh, Banez. um, And there was another guy, Theo Epstein. Uh, You know, that's that they don't do that every off season where they bring in new people into the, you know, leagues front office. So that's pretty solid. And I know, a bunch of years ago, when they did it with Joe Torrey, I was ecstatic and was kind of hoping he would be the next commissioner. And yeah, it went in a different direction. That's fine. But I really, I really like the fact that he's a voice uh, in Major League Baseball still.
0: Yeah. So, Tom, is there a player for you?
3: Yeah, they've got two names. Um, <clears throat> prior to Johan Santana joining the Mets, um, the Yankees were in heavy trade discussions with Johan Santana, and it would have cost us Kennedy Hughes, Chamberlain, plus. And uh, that was a really good no-deal there because uh, Santana started to break down um, once he joined the Mets, not long after, and uh, it would have mortgaged our entire future, um, every prospect for him. So that was a really good no-deal. And also there was actually one that was quite interesting. This has recently been released, but in 2014, Brian Cashman was actually um, having negotiations with the Atlanta Braves and uh, the trade would have been Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, Luis Severino, for Jason Hayward, uh, Adrelton Simmons, and Melvin Upton. Wow. And it, was, it got to the point where Jason Hayward went as far as to shave his beard because he actually thought this was going to actually happen. Um, so I have to say,
0: really I really glad that didn't after. happen. We really glad you know that didn't
3: happen because, uh, you know, Aaron Judge is the face of the franchise. He's not just the face of the franchise, he's the face of the Yankees. And he could be a potential, uh, you know, he could, he's, he's captaincy material. I'm not saying he's going to be a captain, but he's got that kind of leadership about him. So, uh, and then of course, there's Severino, who's got ace stuff, but he needs to stay healthy. Um, and then, um, uh, of course, uh, Gary Sanchez, who's much maligned, but um, prior to, you know, if, if that trade – Went through that we wouldn't have seen the great things that he did when he first came yeah you know which were uh all star caliber numbers he was putting up so um really glad that
0: trade didn't happen that, that's definitely a good uh, a good miss you know you know and you know heyman was a good player but I don't not not not, not Yankee like. I also, when you think about, the, about it,
3: because of uh, all the money that we would have been owed to all those guys, um, we would have put ourselves in a tough
0: spot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, this, uh, the, the rebuild in two, you know, 2016 would have never been able to come to fruition.
3: So we wouldn't have seen the 2017 team that was oh. so good. So, yeah, those I think those are the two best examples.
0: Another player that came to mind while, while we've been talking was Chris Sale. Was another player that you know. Yankee fans were high on. Yankees worked out that they never uh, went after him. You know that ne- they never got that trade done because he's been he's been uh, very injury prone. Yeah, you know, um, Jose Quintana was another one that just never. I don't think he would have survived in New York.
1: Yeah. We wanted King Felix for a while too, and all that. Yeah, and he just signed a minor league deal with Baltimore. Baltimore, And I'm giddy like a schoolgirl because we're going to destroy him in Baltimore, and we're going to destroy Happen in Minnesota. It's going to be hilarious this year. I cannot wait to hit 60 home runs off both those idiots. (laughs) Well,
0: did the Yankees dodge a bullet? Did the Yankees luck out, not going after David Price?
2: Oh yeah. Uh,
1: I don't like his attitude. I don't think he fits in this locker room.
0: I remember I was talking with a friend when he was a free agent, one of the guys I work with, and uh, he was like, you have to get price. you have to get price." I'm like, I don't want him. I said, I don't think he would fit in this organization.
1: Plus, we used to light him up on multiple teams, Toronto, Boston, Detroit. We destroyed him. Um, so I'm not convinced he can pitch in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, that's what I was
0: yeah. thinking. Yeah, I don't think he – that was one reason. I'm like, he gets lit up, like you said. Ev. And I didn't want to know part of David Price. You know, And I'm very rarely that I'm right, but that one I was right on.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's how I felt about Strollman, too, when they were talking about trading for him. I did not want him, and I let him know on uh, Twitter, which is why he blocked me.
0: Well, a lot of people blocked
1: you. Mm -hmm. My own mother (laughs) probably did.
2: (laughs) What about Otani? Otani was... Great
1: point.
3: Great point. That's a good
2: one. I wanted him bad. I was like, man, this guy is going to be insane to watch. And unfortunately for him, because I still think he has a chance to be very good, and I want to see what he can do for a full year, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy on both sides. You talk about a a two-way player in baseball that's just unheard of these days and I was hoping that he would come over and be successful no matter where he was and kind of open the door for more players to try doing that just to kind of you know maybe evolve the game a little bit if we see more two-way players that could get more people interested but it has not worked out unfortunately for him because he's been hurt
3: well that's it I I think that there's a reason for that, though, because I think the way that you train to be a pitcher and the way that you train to right. to, to 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 bat, I think, are two different things. And I think uh, that will play a part. I mean, I have an issue with guys that are a jack of all trades, master of none. I'd rather him be an elite either starter or an elite batter rather than um, be decent at both. You know what I mean? I mean, well, I'm it, actually it, really glad that that didn't happen because I think it would just be reinventing the wheel. And I don't think it would happen. I don't think it would that's
1: work. It. That's a great point, right there, is that you, you can't really be successful at the highest peak of the sport if you're focusing on two very, very different skills in the game. Being a pitcher and having to hit, we've already seen, is very difficult, which is why it doesn't happen. But you're yeah. asking someone to basically use their shoulder when they're pitching and then go and use their shoulder when they're swinging in a different motion that's a lot of movement for the same body part to have to go through and unfortunately for someone with his body type it's hurt him badly and i'm not i'm also not sure he's on the right team like imagine if he was on san diego i think they could uh develop him a little better and would have been more cautious with his injuries than the angels are yeah yeah the angels aren't a good uh
0: that's when he was coming, you know, when it was announced that he was going to be coming over to the to Major League Baseball, I thought there was I was ready to go all in that he was going to a National League team. So I figured he that's where he would really be able to highlight his skill set. You know, being able to hit as well as he can. You know, this way, those daisies pitch. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about pinch hitting. You know, it's not an eight-man lineup on the on that day of his rotation. You have a solid nine-man ro- lineup. You know, in the National League, there's eight hitters and one out. So, you know, and I know some. You know, some pitches do well at the plate. You know, but a blind squirrel can find a nut once in a while. <laughs> so, I don't pitches that can hit are a dime a dozen. You know that that is rare. Yeah. I'm
1: trying to say. Right, I also I think it would have been a weird fit for us with the type of arms we have at uh, our rotation and our bullpen and the fact that we have players like in So what would we have done with him that year, you know? It would have it would have been pretty difficult especially because in was lighting it up that year and actually stayed healthy and you know all this other stuff has happened since but I still think that is a very good player and a doubles machine that we can use to our advantage.
0: what the you know it's funny because that that's one player that really hasn't gotten a lot of uh headlines <laughs> this offseason. season what does andwar have to do this spring training to elevate himself back to being a valuable piece of his team defense yeah. if
2: it's in excuse me <clears throat> if it's in left field or if he can learn how to be a Decent enough first baseman, at least better than Mike Ford, then he is much more valuable to this team than Mike Ford will ever be. And I, I still don't get the, the love affair with him. I know he's a lefty, has some pop, but Andujar is a much better hitter. And if he can just be a good enough first baseman defensively and he can get better in left field to where they can use him in multiple places, so he's a good utility guy, which will give him more playing time because we're going to be seeing a lot of these guys getting rest throughout the year. Anduhar has a perfect spot on this team if they're not thinking about trading him and so for me it's defense we know he can hit and he's just got to get a little bit better we saw Frazier do it I mean I thought Andrew Har was not as bad as people were saying at third he certainly had some pickups he had a lot of errors, yeah. things to work on but you can get better he's still young and there's still a lot a lot
0: of opportunities for him to get better defensively so for me it's- it is. yeah we had some bad moments but he wasn't a, he, he wasn't complete embarrassment you know he has the 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 ability to play in third base very well you know there were there were stretches during that during that rookie season of his where he he was a very good third baseman not You know, he he was feeling the ball well he wasn't doing that double clutch you know before throwing the ball and then he just kind of out something went around in his brain and he just completely collapsed.
1: He has slow yes. reaction time yes. and his feet are heavy. Like he moves pretty slow. So I think that's an issue. Also, the reason he didn't work last year is they didn't give him enough, you know, chances to play. He didn't get that bass. He didn't no. get the games. And there's too many question marks with him. We don't we still, after two, three years, do not know what position he will play. Or he doesn't have a role. position. Exactly. So it's an issue because you have someone Who has the potential to be an elite bat, but has nowhere to go, and other players are blocking him? Because do we want to continue to waste Clint Frazier's time by trying to shift that to Anduhar? And the answer is no, you cannot do that.
0: So you need to stay in the infield.
1: Yeah, you need Frazier and left, and you need to figure out what you're going to do with Duhar. If Stanton wasn't here, boom, you put in Duhar at DH, but you can't do that every game. And I don't think he's the type of player that can play two, three times a week and be effective. It just doesn't work for him. And I've met him in person. He's a very shy, quiet, nice guy who works really hard. And he doesn't like negative attention. It makes him very, very uncomfortable. So the fact that for two years now, we've been talking about all these issues, you know, probably weighs heavy on him. Yeah. For me, he's got an everyday major
3: league bat, but minor league defense and yeah. lower, lower minor league defense. And that's an issue. I, And the problem here is he needs every day at-bats in order to get into a rhythm because I don't see him as a dude that can just pinch hit. You know, I think he needs to get into a rhythm and he's good enough to play every day as a DH somewhere. But where's the spot? Stanton's going to be the DH. And we've got a whole bunch of guys that are going to want days off, Um from the field, like judge, or whatever, and they're going to want a DH day, so there's not going to be much room for for a- Um Third base, I mean, he's not going to be coming in for Shella. You know, and where else is he going to play in the infield? I, I don't. I mean, he struggled in left field mightily, and I think he's, he's he he didn't no, look too I, good in first. He's I, to stay I, up I just don't see. I just don't see where, where the fit is. I, for me, I love the guy. I love his, his offense and, and his first season, I thought he was terrific, but for me, I think he was a sell high candidate. I think he was a sell high candidate. I think we could have gone on, on an incredible return for him after his first year, um, just purely for the sheer fact that he just doesn't really have a position. We tried him in third base. He's not reliable. There. I, he's it's his best. It's his best position. But it's but he's still not reliable there that you can rely on. I just I think he's a I think because he doesn't have a position and we can't have a give him consistent at bats and I think it's unfair on him in his development because he's got an incredible bat. I love the fact that he can hit a double every single at bat.
1: But for me, he's a he's a he's a he's a trade candidate for me.
2: Yeah, I, I think just...
1: there's only one option for him. Is that if you're not going to find him that everyday position, then you need to find him multiple backup positions. I like Rob's suggestion of getting him to go to first base because he would, by all accounts, be a better option than Ford. They don't like that because they want a lefty coming off the bench, but I don't want a weak lefty coming off the bench. If that's the only reason to have Ford in the lineup because he's a lefty, then I'm sorry. He needs to go. It's a mistake. So what you should do is this is a team that is consistent in their want to rest players and they know that they need to do that because of injuries. So having Duhar back up um Voight, maybe once or twice a week, Voight takes the rest, whatever. Uh, having back up Gio, have him back up, you know, the outfield, have him back up Stanton. That's four positions that he can back up. That's about four days if you balance it out each week. So you know. That might be the only option, and with that, you could build his value and, like Donald said, trade him at the deadline because we really – unless we find that position, he's sitting here wasting his value just like Clint was for, you know, multiple seasons. And We can't do that.
0: Yeah, I just think it's – yeah, with Andujar, it's such a unique case because he is a player when he was – when he got beat out by Otani for, the, for Rookie of the Year, we were irate. Yeah. It was unfair. It was a matter of months where now it was, you know, well not much. It was once spring training started the next year, and the was the you know was was the worst player on the fucking roster. Yeah, and it was just amazing how you know it's like, well, how did we turn on him so quick? Yeah, meanwhile, you had you guys that we're giving Fraser chance after chance, you know. Fans like me that you know, and and Rob to too. You know, we we with Sanchez, we we never gave up on him. We still hope he could do it, but Andujar, we just kind of like threw in the trash, and it's kind of a shame, you know. And um, makes you wonder uh, with the the mental health discussion we were having the other day. What's the mental you know, what is that doing to his mental health? That he was so easily discarded amongst all the, you know, above all the others. You know, we trash Sanchez all the time, but we still cheer for him when he comes up to you know, we still hope for him when he comes up to plate. When he's standing when he's sitting behind the plate calling the game. We still hope for him to give his best. We still have Frazier's back, but nobody has any balls
3: well, that's the nature of the beast. It is a business at the end of the day. I mean, uh, we, he just doesn't have a position at the moment. I don't think – I don't really know what more Cashman could, could do in this regard. He's tried him in a bunch of different positions. So far, it hasn't worked. I hope it works this year. But, I mean, hey, I mean, there's not a lot he could have done last year. You know? Right. I don't think it was anything to do with uh, mental health so much. I think it was just – I don't think we trashed him aside. I just think that we tried him. And a bunch of positions, and he got outplayed by Urshela. And then after that, um, there's just not enough spots for him. And oh. I wouldn't say it's his fault necessarily. It's just he's, he's not good enough
1: defensively to be a, uh, to be an everyday player. Well, well also, what happened was that. Sorry, go ahead, Rob.
2: Sorry, um, he got injured in 2019. Oh, yeah, no, and the injury part of it. Yeah, that's that was the point I was Schella about
1: to him. make is the the injury came in and he had no choice but lose his position because what are they going to do? Just say, "Eh, we don't need a third base for an entire year. Like they had to replace him, and they replaced him with a guy who came in and did everything we needed him to do, played defense better, and made the decision rather easy for the Yankees going forward. I mean, Gio Urshela should be our third baseman. Um, So there's really nothing you can do with with, um, Andujar with that aspect.
0: So, uh, yeah it was a fair very fair points yeah I was just you know we were talking about how you know the the, the pressures of that players go under uh, and, you know and go through throughout their career trying to get you know establish themselves yeah you know, I was just you it know
2: doesn't help it doesn't
0: you. you know it doesn't hurt the question if he's you know I hope that he's getting you know talking to, you know go to therapy, you know, doing something to kind of get him focused, you know, because we saw what Frazier did, you know, where you just, you're not going to keep me out of this lineup. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Maybe Hard needs the same kind of push like that.
1: He is doing that though. Like I yeah. said, he works really hard. He's just not that personality that Clint is. Clint's going to be vocal and Duhar will never be vocal. He is shy. He is quiet. He doesn't like attention. I mean, you should have seen him at the signing that I was at. There were maybe 2000 people in, in the building and he was so nervous to come out. Like he would not let go of his girlfriend's hand. He was sweating. He was like, he really looked uncomfortable. Oh. He just, he's not, He's not someone who wants the fame. He just wants to play baseball and work really hard at something he's really good at. Yeah, funnily enough, though, he's really good in a
3: a clutch spot because I've seen him walk off a couple of games. I was actually at a couple of games where he walked off. So it's really funny that off the field he's kind of shy, but down on the field, he's a baller, man. It's just it's really unfortunate that he just doesn't have the defense.
1: I mean, my friend who is Spanish was talking to him in Spanish, and he was even shy with her. Like he was just like,
2: "Okay, gracias, bye." <laughs>
1: like <laughs>
3: he, did, sweet, he didn't sweet, like man. it; he was
2: uncomfortable. I can oh, totally understand that because we all gotten stage fright before. And something as simple as going to school and have to present a project—I hate that. I still do. I don't like talking to people a lot, and I do this because you know I know you guys well. But if it's people that I don't know, I'm I'm very quiet. I'm shy. I'm nervous, and all that. And I understand that it doesn't help with social media going on there and seeing people, 50 people at a time saying, you suck, you should get traded. You know, that's not going to work for any player, yeah. you know, and it goes back to Sanchez and it's worse with him. You know, it's a lot worse with Sanchez than it has been with Andujar, And it's just really sucks. That's the fans, you know, perception to do that sometimes and think it has no uh, repercussions on the player. Cause if the, if the script was flipped on them and they were the ones in that spotlight, and people were saying you suck, you can't do this, you should get traded. Yep. You might not think it's going to affect you, but then it's always going to come up in the back of your head. And I'm not saying it does, but what if you strike out and you're like, Man, I really should not go on Twitter today? You know, it's probably it seems so small to say that, but that's unfortunately a part of the game that I really wish was not part of the game right now.
1: Yeah, there was a poll that came out that said people fear public speaking more than death. I if you remember in college, there's always at least one or two kids in the class who are not very good at doing verbal presentations. It's really hard. I mean, I had to stand in front of a podium uh, for the beginning career of, of my public speaking because my legs would shake. And no one could tell that I was nervous because I, I'm good at doing it, but you're still nervous and everyone is. And, and some people just don't know how to handle those
0: nerves. All right. Well. I mean, I'd like to see him at least, you know, exist somewhere, you know, because he he still could be a, a valuable part to any team, not just necessarily the Yankees. You know, that's why. So I think it's you know earlier in the in the in the, the offseason, you we were saying, you know, between him and Sanchez, maybe the change of scenery is what they need.
1: Yeah. You know?
0: Um, <laughs> you guys done... heard the latest
3: report on Twitter, um, I was going to bring this up. It's an interesting question I was going to ask you guys. Um, did you hear that um, Judge and Stanton have changed their uh, training regimen? So they're going to be—they're doing a lot less weightlifting. They're doing yoga now. Yeah. Do you think that's going to affect um, their their durability during the year? What do you guys think?
0: I think it's going to help their durability. It's not going to hurt. Yeah, I mean
1: we've seen two off seasons in a row where they've put on massive amounts of muscle to crank out yeah. the home runs, and they get injured. So you know I think yes. they do need to be loose. When you take a guy who's already six seven and like a million pounds, you know that's yeah. gonna break down regardless. So you don't need to elevate his elite strength for hitting home runs. You need to elevate his weakness, which is staying on the field due to you know staying loose. It's a
3: core strength well, that they need to work on rather than looking like Greek gods. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, and it's, they have they have a natural ability with their power. They just, you know, if they if they connect with the ball just at the right, you know, at the sweet spot of the bat, that ball going to fly in regardless of how much muscle they put on.
1: You right. Know? I mean, we, we saw Judge hit what, 52 home runs, and he did that before these insane workouts. So yeah. it, you're right. He has that type of power. He needed to make an adjustment at the plate. Like Rob said, when he first came up um, in 2016, I think he batted like 148 with four home runs and blah, blah, blah. He made the adjustments in the next year. He was a 281 hitter. So yeah, that tells you a lot.
0: Yeah. yeah. What's funny is there was, another, there was a comment made, and I forget who, whose account it was on Twitter, where they kind of called out the hypocrisy of, of the Yankee fans as far as the way the the players appear to look, where we're criticizing Stanton because he's chiseled, but then we'll say that Gary is fat and lazy. So, what do we really? You know, do we want to design our own body type for for what we expect these players to be? Because Gary is the last thing from from overweight. You know, he's he's actually in better shape than people realize.
2: Yes, you're completely right about that. I mean, that's like me. I'm nowhere near shape to go play baseball. That's like me saying to somebody, you're fat and lazy. It's just ridiculous. You look at Sanchez every single year when he's going into spring training. Everyone's like, oh, he looks slimmer than the year before. But he doesn't look any different than he did last year. Yeah. <laughs> he looks exactly the same. And everyone has said that because there was that one play where he kind of jogged to first base. Or, you know, the one, the pass ball that got by him and he kind of jogged, Everyone's was like, oh, you're lazy. Because of two things that happened in an yeah. entire, you know, four or five year span. And that goes back to what I said earlier about the power of social media and the negativity that's going to weigh on players. And I hate it. I really,
0: really See, hate that. But they Gary, that, that pass ball where, the, where I forget the runner, they went from
3: <laughs>
0: uh, second to home. On a pass ball, will be just as infamous in New York sports as the butt fumble. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just one of those things. It's not going to go away. It's it's a minuscule play that had not. Yeah, but it'll be something that'll never be forgotten.
1: The butt fumble literally ruined my Thanksgiving, dude. It was the worst. <laughs> My family went home. They're like, hey, we're, we're, we're done with this. We'll see you next year. Goodbye. And there was no next year. They didn't even come back because they knew. We're like jinx football.
0: <laughs> so, all right. right, well, let's, let's wrap this up and um, join us on Sunday. You know, watch out for our video. We'll, we'll be a little early on uh, Sunday. We're, we're going to be breaking down the Super Bowl and having uh, some – we'll make our predictions of the game. And um, – We'll see who else might pop on and say hello and give their predictions. So, um, yeah, everybody, Yankee Chronicles, hope everybody has a good day. Stay safe. Stay smart.